0: I'd like to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 6 to 16. That's page 1145 if you're in the Pew Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And in my Bible, it's uh, headed wisdom from the Spirit. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And may God add His blessing to His Word today. We're looking in these weeks at how we can grow spiritually, and we're calling it spiritual formation. Deep calls to deep. We believe that God has made us to be physical, emotional, and spiritual creatures. We have the ability to engage with God and to have a relationship with Him. Unfortunately, we live at a time <clears throat> where, although people may say that they believe in a spiritual world, you believe in God, and so on, Uh, our society really lives practically as if they are atheists. God rarely gets a look in. Uh, The vast majority of people in the United Kingdom, I would guess about 85% of the United Kingdom will not be in a place of worship today. But 85% of the population... Will not be in place. When I say a place of worship, I'm including non Christian faiths. But 85% will not be anywhere near a place of worship. So practically, we're living atheistic lives as if God did not matter. Even fewer than that will probably pick up a Bible and read it this week. I wonder how many of us. Have picked up a Bible this week and read it. We live practically atheistic lives, even though we might say we believe in God. And so it's a challenge for us today is to, to look at how we can grow deeper in spiritual formation, because the world is very much against that. Or if we are being spiritually formed, we're being spiritually formed and discipled by the world, not by God. Now, I'm assuming that you're here this morning because you want to grow and be formed spiritually. I'm assuming that if you're tuning in online, it's because you want to grow and be formed spiritually, and that's good. In our series so far, we've been laying the foundations of what is needed to grow deeper spiritually. Before we get into the practical nuts and bolts, and we will talk a wee bit about that today and and in other weeks, uh, I I want us to look more in terms of of attitudes, because attitudes precede actions. Attitudes precede actions. And so in week one, we, we looked at positioning ourselves for growth. We need to want to grow if we're going to grow. And so that desire in us, that intentionality needs to be there, or forget this, it's, nothing's going to happen. So there needs to be that intentionality, that desire, that positioning of ourselves. And then secondly, Rowan uh, pointed out, out to us last week that the second thing we need, as well as positioning ourselves and having that intentionality, is a spirit of surrender, surrender. A spirit of repentance and of saying, Lord, you take over, you take control. And that's a massive thing because, again, the vast, vast majority of people do not want that. They do not want to give surrender. They do not surrender. It's no surrender. I'm not going to surrender to anybody. I'm not going to surrender to God. So, surrender is needed where we surrender our wills and we say, Lord, I want to grow in Christ's likeness, so I surrender my will to yours. So we need a positioning, we need intentionality, we need surrender, and the third thing I want us to look at today, probably the key word, is encounter, encounter. So you need intentionality, you need surrender, and you need encounter. Otherwise, you will not go deeper in spiritual formation. In verse 12 of what we read this morning in, in our passage in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, Paul says, we have received the Spirit of God. We have received the Spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has given to us. Now, that, that word understand, I'm assuming you don't read Greek. I've lost most of my Greek. But the word understand is in Greek is oida, O-I-D-A, oida. And that word understand in Greek is is more than an intellectual understanding. It's an understanding with the heart. Okay, so Paul says, you have received the Spirit of God, and in receiving the Spirit of God, you've received the Spirit of oida, the Spirit of understanding in your heart. So that's a deeper kind of knowledge. It's an experiential knowledge. It is an intimate knowledge. It is a heart knowledge. And this comes when you encounter the Holy Spirit. Whenever we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus as our Savior and Lord, it's because the Holy Spirit has been working upon you. He's been working in your heart. He's been bringing you to an understanding that you need Jesus. And and you don't come to that place unless the Holy Spirit is working in you. So the Holy Spirit works upon you. He convicts you of sin. He gets you to see Jesus in a new way, that He is your Savior who has died for you. You can't save yourself. That's the Holy Spirit brings you to that place of understanding. That is oida. That is a heart knowledge. It's not just a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. And the Bible often speaks in the language of love and the love that we see in family life. To explain this love, this understanding that develops between us and God. It is a deeper knowing. It's the deeper knowing that you, you know it may be a good friend. It's a deeper knowing of the knowing of your mother or your father, or indeed your spouse. You go into a different level of understanding, a different level of knowledge, and it's as much about the heart as about the head. Okay, so that's what the OIDA is. There is a bond there, an understanding that is deep and intimate and is reflected in love. So the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, the encounter, so that God is less than a point of information. He's, he's, he, he's more than that. It's not about there being a God there, it's about you know Him. I know God. How do we love someone we cannot see? Will you love them through the Holy Spirit? It's because the Holy Spirit is in your heart. How can you love someone that you cannot see? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. He makes the difference. Whenever David was writing the the most famous psalm in the Psalter, the 23rd 23rd, uh, Psalm, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is the shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd. And so, for those of us who have encountered the the Holy Spirit, we can say, the Lord is mine. And there's a world of difference between saying the Lord exists, the Lord is there, and the Lord is mine. That's oida. That's, That's an encounter with the Holy Spirit who brings you to that point where you can say, I know the Lord. So, we need this basic encounter with the Holy Spirit who brings us into a knowing relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 12, again, we have not received the spirit of the the world, but the spirit who is from God. Paul goes on to say in verse 14, the man or the woman without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit, for they are foolishness to him. So basically, there are two types of people in the world. There are those who have received the spirit and those who have not received the spirit. They're just living in the spirit of the world. And there's a vast difference between those two kinds of people. If we are to grow in spiritual formation and in Christ's likeness we need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Matt Hatch puts it this way. He says, God unpacks His suitcase and makes His home in us. And so as we follow Jesus in the energy of the Holy Spirit, We find His desires become our desires. His priorities become our priorities. We become excited by meeting with other believers. I rejoice when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We want to discover our gift, our spiritual gift, and put it into practice. We want to read the Bible and understand it better. We want to contribute and give to the mission of the church through prayer and, and our money and our time and so on. All these things happen when this Holy Spirit comes to make His home in us. And if the Holy Spirit is not there and he, he is not residing in us, well, those things will be missing. You will not want to come to church. You will not want to give. You will not want to read His Word. You will not want to contribute to the mission. You will not want to know what is His gift for me. That's the difference the Spirit makes. And so as we grow in Christ-likeness and grow in opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, He changes things in us. We become more Christ-like. We be, His desires become our desires. His priorities become our priorities. That is oida. That is understanding. and That is a level of knowledge that comes through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, as I've described that, there may be some of you and you say, well, that, that, that's not me. Well, it can be you if you give your life to Jesus. If today you surrender and say, Jesus, I want you to be number one in my life. I want these markers to be in my life. Well, that can happen today before you leave this building. We can pray for you and help you to pray a prayer of, of salvation Perhaps today will be the day that you discover an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and you surrender, because up to now you haven't surrendered. You surrender to Him, and life will change, and it will get better. It will not be easier, but it will get better. For those of us who have had that initial encounter with the Spirit of Jesus, for those who have been drawn into an oida relationship of knowing Jesus, you have not arrived You've arrived in one sense, saved, but the sanctification, the growing in Christ's likeness, the formation, as the carpenter's used to saying, it's only just begun. It's just begun. It's just the start of the journey. There's so, so much more, so much more growth and understanding of Jesus and His Spirit and what He wants to do with you. It will involve ongoing encounters with the Holy Spirit. There isn't just one encounter with the Holy Spirit when you're saved. There are ongoing, fresh encounters. Paul says, walk with the Spirit. You don't leave the Spirit behind. You know, He, he walks with you. He, he converses with you. He speaks to you. He changes you. And, and so what I want to do in the rest of this uh, talk this morning is to say, how can, we, how can we get into the path of the Spirit how can we walk with Him? I don't know. I'm sure you do notice those big wind, turn- wind turbines that there are uh, that are supposed to create you know, electricity and so on. Where do they place the wind turbines? They place them where it's windy, okay? So you will see them on the top of a hill or you will see them in the sea. You will not see them on the bottom of a valley. They, they, they place them in the windy places. How can we position ourselves as followers of Jesus in the windy places where the Spirit is blowing and where we're more likely to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit? In 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, Paul says, We reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, He is willing how do we get into the path of the Holy Spirit? So three, three things I'm going to leave with you. Three, three ways in which we catch the wind. To change the metaphor slightly, the first thing we, we do is we put ourselves around the food. Now this is a phrase that comes from Simon Ponsonby ten years ago in our first Word and Spirit conference. And it kind of struck me, resonated with me, and it stayed with me. How do we get more of the Holy Spirit? Well, we put ourselves around the food. Uh, The other day, I was walking along the street. It was, I suppose, about 11, half 11 in the morning. And uh, I happened to be walking close to a restaurant. And uh, I think the, the back of the kitchen must have been onto the street. And I don't know what they were cooking, but boy, was it good! And I smelt this. And up to that point, I had not been hungry. But whenever I smelt that, I thought, boys, I'm hungry. <laughs> I could take some of that. Because when you put yourself around the food, you realize, well, I, I could take that. Your appetite starts to grow. And I suppose, in a sense, that's what hors d'oeuvre is about, the starters. It kind of gets the juices flowing. It gets you, gets you ready for the main meal. And so... Whenever we put ourselves around the foot of the Holy Spirit, it gets our spiritual interest going. It gets our spiritual appetite started. And the spiritual part of us is encouraged and enlivened. And in a world where there are so many things competing for our attention, we have got to get around the foot of the Holy Spirit. And the voice of the Spirit tends to be quieter. He's more subtle. He whispers rather than shouts. The world, the spirit of the world shouts at you. It'll shout on your phone, it'll shout on your TV screen, it'll shout in the magazines. You know, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. But the Spirit is much quieter, more subtle. And so we need to take time to read a bit of His Word of the Bible. We need to take time to pray. And as we do that, we're putting ourselves around the food. And we're starting to encourage our spiritual interest and our spiritual formation. It's really, in a sense, as simple as that. Word and prayer are basic, they are key in us moving in the realm of the Spirit, and there's no shortcuts here. Nobody else can do that for you. Uh, no, no, one. I mean, we sometimes ask people to pray for us, but actually, you need to pray for you as well. You need to pray and have a relationship with God. You can't have a kind of a second-hand relationship. You have a relationship. No one else can read the Word of God for you. You've got to read it yourself, and the Spirit will interact with you. This is this is food for our souls, just as if you didn't go, if you went through a whole day or a whole week without eating normal physical food, you would, you would find, you know, there's hunger there. You become a bit more emaciated. You're, so it is spiritually. Some of us are looking okay on the outside, but our souls are, are shrinking. They're emaciated because they've not been fed this week. And you may think, oh, things are fine, and I go to church every, every Sunday, but actually your soul is shrinking and shrinking because you're not feeding it through the week. Another good way of feeding the soul is, of course, by meeting with other believers in a life group or here in church weekly. When the church gathers, it is a place where the Spirit is moving, where we can have fresh encounters with Him. If in Bible reading and prayer we have a focus on our individual discipline and individual growth, then as we gather with the church, we have the corporate discipline of growing together, and we neglect this at our peril. But today you're putting yourself around the food. The Holy Spirit is here. He wants to bless us and to feed us. Are we growing in the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit? We will if we're in church and we're learning how to love and serve our brothers and sisters. We submit ourselves to the accountability of the church leadership. And when we commit ourselves to the local church, we're investing in other people as well as the mission of the kingdom and the Spirit forms us and shapes us and teaches us. Now, the church is not perfect because we're made up of imperfect human beings, But when we link into a church, we are encouraged to love and serve. We're encouraged to give. I mean, a lot of us over this past week, and some of us, uh, will get our givings over the past year, what we've given to the Lord's work. And that is a marker of your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a marker of spiritual formation. It's a very practical marker, but it is a marker. Because whenever we're following Jesus, it's costly. It costs us in time and money. And love, the Spirit is a generous Spirit, and when we allow Him to move in us and shape us, when we put ourselves around the foot of the Holy Spirit, He leads us into spiritual formation and Christ-likeness and growth. So that's the first thing we can do is put ourselves around the food. Get to church. Open your Bibles. Make time to pray. Even if it's only 10 minutes a day, do it, and you will be spiritually formed. The, the appetite will start to grow. The second thing we can do is just wait and behold. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus commanded his disciples, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the gift my father promised. And so I I think constantly if we want more of the Holy Spirit, we've got to wait for him. We've got to intentionally behold him. We do that through word, through prayer, through uh, church attendance. It can be maybe uh, setting aside maybe a, a time, maybe even, even, even half a, a day a, a month and say, I'm going to spend a little bit more time in Bible study today. I'm going to ask God to really speak to me. Or maybe I'm going to go to a conference, um, like the Word and Spirit Conference we run every two years. And in that, you're opening yourselves up. You're, you're intentionally waiting and beholding and say, Lord, what have you got for me? It's partly about being more attentive to our soul and its needs. We can go full tilt in our lives, and we're heading towards burnout. We have very little in the spiritual tank, and then suddenly we collapse. So keep feeding yourselves. Keep waiting, beholding. Read a spiritual book. Take time away. Go to a conference. Take some time to be silent before God. Sometimes it's just even about our bodily posture, saying, Lord, I I want you, and our bodies can be a reflection of our souls. And so as you open your hands out when you're praying, you're saying, Lord, I want to receive from you, because your body is reflecting or echoing the need of your soul. We're not very good at this as Presbyterians, you know, raising our hands and so on, but it actually does help to open ourselves to the Spirit as we do that. You should try it sometime, even today. As we open ourselves more to God, as we place ourselves around the food, as we behold Him, A.W. Tozer says that the indwelling Spirit uh, begins to manifest Himself. We begin to feel Him more. Uh, A.W. Tozer says this, The presence and the manifestation of the presence are not the same. There can be one without the other. God is here when we are totally unaware of it. But He is manifest only as we are aware of His presence. On our part, we must surrender to the Spirit of God, for His work is to show us the Father and the Son. If we cooperate with Him in loving obedience, if we wait, if we behold, God will manifest Himself to us. And that manifestation will be the difference between a nominal Christian life and a life radiant with the light of His face. God is with us. God is in us. But occasionally, if we really wait and behold, God comes upon us. And there's a difference there. And you feel the difference. And you sense the difference. And it will lead to excessive joy. It will lead to a feeling of being loved by God. It will lead to you hearing the still voice, the still small voice of God that you've maybe never heard before. Because He's now come upon you. And there's a tangible difference. He is manifesting. You are feeling the difference. And of course, this is what happened in Acts. In Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. The Spirit was in them. They believed in Jesus. The Spirit was with them. But the Spirit came upon them. And there were tongues of fire. And there were uh, foreign languages. And there there was a manifestation of the Spirit. When we create room for Him, I am convinced, when we create room for the Spirit, He shows up. But we've got to be intentional. We've got to want it. We've got to surrender. So put yourself around the food. Wait. Behold. Take time in your daily lives to do this. And thirdly, and finally, uh, Matt Hatch uses this this uh, term, and I think it's quite a good term: uh, kill off the orphan spirit. Kill off the orphan spirit. When the Spirit comes into our lives, He reminds us that we are created to be children of God, sons and daughters who have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Sometimes people can be Christians for years and struggle with the concept of God loving them as His child. But we are not orphans. We are not fatherless. We have a loving Father who smiles upon us and wants the best for us. In Romans chapter 8, Paul writes this, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the Spirit, if the Spirit lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life, the life of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is in you, you are led by the Spirit of God, and you are a child of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father, Matt Hatch says, orphan thinking is the mindset that leads us to the false belief that God, though possibly benevolent, is essentially distant or uncaring. The glorious truths of the Father heart of God and our adoption in Christ can speak powerfully to generations who have experienced the pain and difficulty of having absent, missing, uncaring, or even abusive fathers." We have seen breakthroughs as people have come to understand the experience and the reality of the father's love for them and their new identity as sons and daughters. He longs to welcome us home and to lavish his love on us. Many of us have father wounds. Uh, Many of us have mother wounds. Fathers and mothers are imperfect, but I think especially father wounds. Fathers who have let us down. And over the years that has taken its toll, and over the years that has impacted, and that has skewed, and that has uh, not helped in our relationship with God as our Father, because we keep seeing our imperfect fathers, but God is a perfect, loving Father. He loves you more than you know. And as you put yourself around the food, as you wait and behold the Spirit, you begin to realize just how much God loves you. He loves you more than you know, and He wants you to grow into the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. Know today that you are a beloved daughter or a beloved Son of God, and in that there is freedom, in that there is formation, in that there is growth. So, kill off the orphan spirit, and know that God is for you. You are His child. And that will help you to grow and be formed and grow into a loving relationship with him. So put yourself around the food. Take time to behold this week and kill off the orphan spirit. You are his beloved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray as ever we pray, Holy Spirit, take this word, apply it to our hearts, each of us at different ages and stages, but you know us, you know our hearts, you know where we are. And for those of us who don't know you yet, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring us to that point of surrender today. We'll not leave this building without surrendering to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord, my Savior, my Shepherd, my King. And for those of us who have come to that point in place, Father, forgive us when we have not grown the way you wanted us to grow. But today you forgive us and you give us a fresh start. And you want to pour out your Holy Spirit into us and upon us. So we pray that simple prayer, come Holy Spirit and do your work in us. And especially to recognize that we don't need to live in fear. We're no longer slaves. We are the child of God. The children of God. And we love you. And to you be the glory. And the honor. And the praise now and forever. Amen.